not in Kansas anymore. You have my curiosity. Are you telling me you built a time machine? The force will be with Welcome back to Get Real, the podcast where we get real about all of your favourite pop culture movies and TV shows. My name is Sam and with me, as always, every week is my elusive cameo co-host, Chris. Oh, elusive cameo. Some would say there is an elusive cameo in what we're going to talk about, but spoilers. Spoilers for this week's episode, which is episode 55, which is our wrap-up of Mandalorian Season 2. We're going to do a big wrap-up and talk all about that last episode, which which has been going off. It's been going off, hasn't it? That was a doozy of an episode. Oh, yeah. Everyone, like, I think everyone that I've seen or spoke to or that even knows that this was a thing is like, yeah, that episode was really good. Yeah, everyone loved it. Like, they nailed the landing. Absolutely nailed it. And And I love the way that it's almost... This is almost our anniversary episode, and our first episode was... Or was it our second episode was about The Mandalorian? The second episode was about The Mandalorian. Our first episode... was about Rise the rise of Skywalker. Skywalker, so it's a full circle. It's all Star Wars up in here. It's all Star Wars. Always hate Bean. <laughs> <laughs> would you be the one keeping the gun to my head, or would I be the one with the gun to your head? Um, I think it's just um, it's our podcast, and then the guy behind it is holding a gun to its head, uh, <laughs> and like the guy in front is like. It's just a Star Wars podcast, and then we're behind him, like, all eight days, mean. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. That is that is a meme that needs to be created. Like, it is. I, I, I need to... You need to get your meme-making skills going, mate, and, and put that... I could do it in two minutes while we record. You know what? That That's our... Uh... That is spoilers for our social posts, but that's going to be our one-year social post. <laughs> Wait, it's secretly a Star Wars podcast? Always, Always has been. been. <laughs> anyway, uh, we got to get this rolling, haven't we? So, uh, what have you been watching over the last week or so, mate? Oh, so many a things. Lot, a lot. Just plan through Christmas films, you know how it is. Uh, today I actually went to see Elf in the cinema since the first time Jeez. when I was a kid and I went to see it in the cinema. Nice. Um, that was a little date day. Um, we saw a film that we're going to talk about on next week's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just tell you all now, we watched Wonder Woman 84. We did, we got it early in so, the UK. We did, so check it out next week. Um, we've got some news about that as well. We, I mean, we went to the cinema and watched that. Obviously, we went we to were, the cinema. We were somewhat distanced, and we had our masks on and all that, didn't we? And yeah. uh, followed all of our was, COVID rules in our cinema, and we went and watched. It was nice to be back in the big screen. It was definitely. Uh, find out next week about what we thought about Wonder Woman 1984. Um, I've finished my full rewatch of Community. I finished Star Wars The Clone Wars. Oh like, my god. Last weekend, but You've done it. You I finally did it. it. You finally I, finished it. I finally it. I finally I was like, right, okay. I I I've just gotta admit that it's come to an end. We've got the bad batch coming soon, so I was like, right, okay. Uh, I'll finish it. I'll do it. Uh, I'll finally just, rip off that band aid. Just for me, Chris, I want what was your opinion of the final season in like one sentence? 
Uh, let me take you through my emotional journey. Okay, so with like the last four episodes, because it's all about the last four episodes, let's face it. It is all about the last four episodes. So the first one where Ahsoka gets her squadron of clone troopers and goes to find Darth Maul on Mandalore, I was like, oh, oh dang. Spoilers. spoilers. Oh. Are we getting, spoilers. getting into spoilers? It's, it's nearly a year old. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Just damn. Oh, damn. Oh, oh, damn. Oh, the episode dang. after that, holy shit! This is amazing. Like this is the best we've ever seen of Clone Wars. Thank you very much. The episode after that, I was like, oh, oh, taking it down a notch. But oh, oh, we got oh. And then the last episode, just uh, just sad, just very sad. Mm. <laughs> and then yeah. I was not expecting it to end like that. I was oh, not yeah. expecting what an it. Ending. What an ending? Like we got Vader in Clone Wars. <laughs> what? <laughs> that, that was the only thing that wasn't like majorly spoiled for me was like the fact that we actually get a bit of Vader at the end, and Vader finds Ahsoka's lightsaber. It's a beautiful ending, really. It's it a was. really beautiful ending. Oh, it was so cinematic as well. Like mm. after they crash the ship and stuff like that, it was just a beautiful cinematic. Very um, much so. Finale. I'm very somber as well. I'm very like slow and somber. But... Yeah. Yeah, mm. definitely. It kind of it's a it's a it's a night. It's different, isn't it? It's not how you expect it to end. So yeah, yeah maybe maybe we uh, do a little retrospect on that with the boys. Maybe, maybe. we do. Maybe that's a we good do. idea. Uh, have you... That was the original idea to get him on board because we thought we would have had him on the podcast before the Mandalorian ended. <laughs> yeah, we thought we would have had him on for the Mandalorian, but here we are. Um, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it that I'm going to really talk about watching. Cool. Um, yeah, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? Well, I've been watching. What have you been watching? Well, I've been watching a little bit of The Man in the High Castle on Amazon. Oh, you know what? Very good. Mm. Very, very, very good. Like I don't, I don't know what I was expecting because I hadn't, I hadn't. It was one of the first original Amazon Prime things, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Man in the High yep. Castle. So I never really like. It was before I had things like Amazon Prime because it's quite. I think it's quite old now. The first season, um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. it. It surprised me that it's. It, do you know anything about it before I go into? Um, it? Yeah, no, I know like the brief synopsis. Like, yeah, I've picked up the book a few times because it's also by the same writer as uh, the original Blade Runner. Oh, okay, um, interesting. Yeah, it, so... it takes place in like twenty years after the first world. Uh, sorry, the second world war. But it's based in a reality where Germany won the Second World War and mm-hmm. took over the states, and yeah. it kind of follows the states and yeah, and how that's kind of split between Japan and uh, Nazi Germany. Yeah, and yeah, it's just it's it's so interesting because I'm I'm a big buff into all World War Two stuff anyway. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's super interesting concept and they go as far out as like putting hitler in it which is just oh i didn't realize hitler was actually in it yeah yeah it's like as ballsy as anything but the the actual production value on it is so awesome for like season one so i'm on season two now so I'm, i'm just kind of putting that on in the background um it's also got um ah what's uh god i can't remember the actor's name um, it comes up on, you know, the uh, X-ray thing on Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah. And it was a, a, a Japanese actor that um, we had spoke oh, about. Oh, the guy from Ghost of Tsushima? 
Oh yeah, he was in it. He's one of the, he's the crown prince. So he's like the prince of Japan. Um, okay, do a quick IMDb search. Yeah, um, <laughs> IMDb. Uh, this the, has been on my watch list since I got Amazon Prime, which was pretty early on in Amazon Prime's life. Uh, yeah. I just haven't got round to it yet. Like Amazon Prime is normally something that, unless it's like a massive, massive show that like The Boys. I don't tend mm. to use it that often. It's normally if I can't find something on Netflix, I'll go to Amazon Prime. Yeah. Um, like, I watch Vikings on there, I watch Preacher on there, um, but there's not been that many originals other than The Boys that I've really checked out. No. It's just, I- I'd highly recommend it because you've got, like, just really interesting parallel universe level stuff. You've got, mm-hmm. um, you've got like, Japanese Gestapo. Which is just well, they're they're equivalent of the Gestapo, which yeah. is pretty pretty nuts. Um, and obviously, the guy who's um, in Ghost of Tsushima, like he just appears in it because he's not got that gritty look about him. It's like you're kind of looking at him, thinking, "Hang on, why do I recognize? <laughs> I recognize you." you. Um, it's got. I recognize uh, you with less polygons. <laughs> so it's got Hiro Kanagawa, who you would recognize. And I'm, I'm trying to remember. I'm sure the other guy that I'm thinking of was in. Um, is he in Parasite? I can't find him, unfortunately. Um, but I definitely recognise the name. I'll chat with you afterwards about it. Okay. Um, and also, other than that, I watched The Banker on Apple TV Plus. This is okay. the, the first thing. Which one was that? The first thing I've watched on Apple TV Plus. Uh, it's got Samuel L. Jackson and um, Falcon. Uh, Anthony Mackie. Yeah, Anthony Mackie's in there. Uh, both of those I don't two. Remember that one. Basically, um, Anthony Mackie's a mathematical genius, and he knows property in and out. Samuel L. Jackson is like um, like a, a an entrepreneur type. Um, yeah, it's uh, and it's a bit about how they kind of it's based in obviously you know racist fifties um, sixties uh, America, um, okay. and they basically uh, start a bit of like a property empire, but they front it with uh, like they don't front it themselves. Um, but it's it's really good. It's um, the first thing that I've watched on Apple TV. It's also got Nicholas Holt in it, who becomes kind of the front for their business. So you've got okay. Nicholas Holt, and then you've got Anthony Mackie and Samuel L. Jackson, um, like kind of behind the scenes on it. But, I've heard really good things about the Apple TV Plus stuff. Uh, I just not, haven't got round to checking any of it out. But it, like they pump so much money into it because obviously it's Apple that got all the money in the world. Um, but they've got like amazing actors in everything, so oh, we'll yeah. actually talk about an Apple TV uh, movie later on. Yeah, well. like I said, I was I was really surprised. Like it it was um, it was one of those things where I was a bit skeptical because I haven't really watched much on there, but I've heard good things about the stuff that is on there. So yeah. I think I'll definitely dive in a little bit more and enjoy a little bit more of the apple tv stuff but that really that's it that's all i've been watching this week so uh, i should jump into some news stories mate take it away so my first news story is this (laughs) 
because they believe in us and what we're doing. So if you don't know what that is, that's Tom Cruise going absolutely apeshit at uh, crew members from Mission Impossible on set. Um, yep. So, yeah, Mr. Cruise, um, whose name, Chris, I didn't realise was actually Thomas Cruise Mapotha the fourth. Yep. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That was a fact I didn't know. Anyway, Go <laughs> is is um, lost, kind of lost his temper at the crew for breaching COVID regulations, um, because he's been pumping a lot of his own money into it. Um, he's been like paying insurance companies and like sorting a lot of that stuff out himself. Um, well, I'm seeing a lot of people liken this to the Christian Bale freakout that we got from Terminator Salvation years ago. Oh, but yeah. I think this is like completely different. Like that was just like somebody being a dick and thinking he was better than everyone and like kicking off. Whereas this, like, you can kind of understand why he's saying it. Like, how many film, like, how many times have we recalled news where it's like oh, this production shut down because of COVID again. This is shut down because of COVID and that sort of stuff. Like, And he has got a vested interest in this franchise. And like you said, he's now pumping even more money in than he already was. Because like, I think for the past two films, he's paid for his own insurance on the film so that he could get away with all these mad stunts that he wants to do. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I kind of get him. Like, If a director had done this, nobody probably would have batted an eye, but because it was Tom Cruise doing it, like... Everyone's there, like, oh, fucking hell, fucking look at them fucking kicking off and all this. But, I mean, yeah, like, if you are breaking guidelines and you're putting everybody's health and the film's production at jeopardy, like, fair enough. What do yeah. you think about it? I agree with you, to be honest with you. I think that, especially when he's so personally invested into the franchise, and particularly this movie himself, where he's had to, like you say, fund a lot of his own insurance for his own stunts, but he's probably had to fund a lot of the stuff because of COVID. He, he yeah. goes on to talk about like how he's been on the phone to insurance companies like all night and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's fair play. I mean... Nobody likes hearing a public figure like that talk to people like that, but you're only seeing one side of it if you're obviously thinking that he's in the wrong. Um, yeah, and I think it's not just him kicking off at like one individual person either. Like, I think the fact that like he's shouting and screaming like that, I think he's more trying to just address everybody, and like he is like obviously annoyed about the situation and stuff like that, but. It's it's not like he's screaming in one person's face or anything like that. Like he's telling the entire crew, basically telling them where they stand. Yeah, you're hearing it, not seeing it, and that's important to to remember. You don't know what's actually going on. Um, yeah. My next story is a bit of a sad one. Um, it happened really not long after we recorded the last episode, but we lost uh, Boba Fett actor Jeremy Bullock at the age of seventy five, which is sad incredibly sad i also thought it was a little bit spooky timing as well like the character has finally been brought back and he probably just had a chance to see the character be brought back and then he passed away yeah which i agree is kind of strange yeah um, incredibly spooky timing incredibly sad as well like we've lost so many from the original trilogy now mm-hmm. um kenny well, baker david prowse um, david prowse carrie fisher um, Chewbacca, um, names leaving me. Um, help me out, Peter Mayhew. Peter Mayhew. I couldn't remember his uh, first name. There we go. 
Mm, yeah, it's uh, wow. it's sad. Yeah, it's sad. I I remember seeing a uh, photo actually that was like a really respectfully edited photo, which kind of shows them like in like kind of forced ghostiness and stuff, oh, which yeah, is yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, I saw that. But yeah, no, it's sad. It's sad. Um, but yeah, it, it's good to see the character back in action on the Mandalorian. And speaking of the Mandalorian. Um, there is going to be a special debut on Disney Plus on Christmas Day to show the behind the scenes of the making of season two, which is quite interesting because yeah. if you watch, I, the I Disney believe gallery it's season stuff, two. Yeah, I was about to say, is it gallery season two? Yeah, well, it's going to be an hour long, so I believe what they're doing is, is it this is going to be a making of season two for Disney Gallery, so it is this whole thing is dedicated to it. So I don't, okay. that's what I'm led to believe anyway. I might be wrong, but um, yeah, and I was. I, I did see cool. something about gallery for season two, but I just assumed it was going to be another like mini series like the last one. Mm, yeah, so it'll be a, a nice watch on Christmas Day, I reckon. Yeah, I don't know whether yeah, I'll convince yeah. the missus to watch it on Christmas Day. <laughs> but... I, d- I definitely won't. That would be like a, that would be like a Boxing Day after everyone's asleep and drunk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're just sneaking, sneakily watching it on your phone on the couch or whatever. <laughs> nah, everybody will be passed out drunk, so I'll have it on the big screen. Just well, have it quiet enough yeah. that it doesn't wake people up. <laughs> uh, and last little few bits and bobs to really chat about before we move on to the trailers that we both watched this week is there's been some early reviews now. Uh, from the US UK for uh, Monster Hunter, uh, yep. it already got a little bit of a uh, little bit of backfire because of the joke that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago that um, kind of really pissed off the Chinese audiences. Yeah, um, but it has been indie from IndieWire, so IndieWire have done a review uh, and called it virtually unwatchable. <laughs> I've got one here from IGN. Monster Hunter has a listless, meandering plot devoid of a central focus or any meaningful world-building. In the end, we have a dull-looking film that's just pays, uh, that just pays lip service to its underlying source material. Three out of ten. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> well, it's better than the uh, the review they gave Cyberpunk, I think. I don't know. Oof. I was talking yeah. about Cyberpunk. I know the Get Real Boys are going to be talking all about that, but wow, what uh, an interesting <laughs> turn of events for Cyberpunk, eh? Oh man, that was that was something that was. Uh, we, 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 <laughs> we've, we've had our own thoughts about this, but... <laughs> I mean, we've, uh, we, we have been one of the ones to refund it, but that is only because we're going to go rebuy it on PC, because... Like, our situation, like, we're playing it on first-generation Xbox Ones. Like, our th- systems cannot handle it. Like, Absolutely not. Like, I've I've seen glowing reviews from people who have got decent PCs that will play it. Like, so it, clearly it's a good game if you have the appropriate... It's like, it's like watching, like, Christopher Nolan says, don't watch his films on a smartphone, which, yeah. Like, it's not made to be played on that system. Like, it's the same sort of thing. Like, I'm playing it on something that just won't run it yeah so like that's that's our problem um so we're both getting better pcs next year instead of macbooks <laughs> yep. um so we'll be able to play it and like we will rebuy it by then patches will fix the bugs and stuff like that so yeah fingers but crossed check out the get real gaming podcast for more news about that absolutely and what i played of it it was awesome it was just like 
it there was just points where it was just taking me out of the immersion of the story and i was like you know what i'm not in a rush to play this all the way through i thought well, you know what if it means if i hang on i can have a better experience of it and play it through again i'm gonna go ahead and wait and then do that yeah uh, right, um, that's last it. bit of news. Oh, I've, you! I've got, he's got a bit, uh, of, a bit of news I, sneaking in there. I did get there. a bit of news. Jeez. I did. I did. Um, I think I had something else. I'm just trying to find it. Um, no, I think that was actually just a meme. Just everybody's joking that everybody is in Spider-Man Three. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw a funny one just there. Like uh, the guy that shouts "Pizza Time" is back. Um, no, uh, Chris, I've going... heard you're reprising your role as yourself in Spider-Man Three. I am. Right? I'm reprising my role. From Spider-Man 3, 12-year-old me seeing that in the cinema, I'm reprising that role to be 25-year-old me seeing this in the cinema. Um, No, so James Gunn has announced some cast for the um, Peacekeeper TV series. I don't know what the thing is. So we've got, um, and I'm going off at, like, Instagram handles here. We've got uh, Chuck Woody... Uwuji, might be butchering that, I apologise, he will be playing uh, Clemson Morn. We've got Annie Chang, she will be playing Sophie Song. Okay. We have Christopher Haynard, uh, who will be playing Captain Locke. And then finally, we have Lachlan uh, Munro, who will be playing... Larry Fitzgibbon. A lot so of these I, characters straight over my head because Peacekeepers yeah, I've never heard of, those, of any of these. Yeah, it's one of those niche um, comic yeah. arcs, I guess, isn't it? Definitely, but uh, these actors you will recognise from some of them. Like um, I know Christopher was in um, Riverdale and stuff like that recently. He's been in loads of films and loads of teen stuff in the eighties and stuff like that. Um, they are actors you'll know from different TV series and stuff if you look into it. Um, I think I had another piece of news, but I might be missing it in amongst all the memes that I've got saved on my phone. <laughs> oh, the troubles of being a meme lord. Oh, dear. Um, trailers? Trailers. <laughs> off you okay. Pop, oh, yeah, off, I'm off doing the pop, trailers. Off you pop with the trailers. <laughs> Uh, okay, first trailer. We were talking about Apple TV Plus, and so I will talk about Apple TV Plus here with the new upcoming film starring Justin Timberlake called Palmer. I believe you've yes. seen the trailer for this as well. Yeah, very good. Like, looks awesome. I'm, I'm actually quite excited for this. After you know, I was that impressed by the banker on Apple TV that I'm actually pretty open to for actively checking stuff out. I might actually let that subscription continue rather than canceling it next year. Very good. They seem to be taking very small personal stories. That's what they seem to be leaning more towards, like the one with Chris Evans in, where his son's accused of murder and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, anyway, Palmer focuses around... Justin Timberlake's character is an ex-con who has left prison and now is moving back in with his mother, trying to like make amends in life and like getting a small job, like just trying to get himself back into society. And one of the neighbouring families, the mother moves out and leaves just a kid basically on its own. Um, and he, uh, him and his mother take in the kid and he sort of like starts to like overcome some 
maybe prejudices that he has himself and stuff like that and becomes like a father figure for this uh what we can assume is like gender fluid child um and it's sort of like him and this almost like backwater town coming to terms with this child and with uh ex-con like basically adopting a child and stuff like that mm-hmm. um so mm, looked very good looked very heartwarming and yet judging by some of the stuff in the trailer i guess it might not have the happiest third act um yeah for sure uh but yeah definitely i will be checking that out i don't know if amazon are trying to push this out apple apple not amazon sorry wrong a too many streaming services to remember now (laughs) i don't know if apple are gonna like try and put this in one cinema for a week or something to put it up for an award or something we're not sure yet um i'll also quickly find uh the release date uh palmer movie release date it is scheduled for the end of january 29th of january in the u.s apparently which isn't really that long away now to be fair no so it's like what just barely over a month away mm-hmm. and then finally go on i said I, I was just saying like this looks like a really interesting uh role for justin ting blake to be jumping into to be fair it looks Do you know what i think he is a really good actor i think sometimes he takes like the quick easy film like you know like all these comedies and stuff that he's in and stuff um but most of the time when he picks a good role he is really in uh, really good in it mm-hmm. like even like inside lewin davis he's great in and loads of different like small things obviously like the troll films aren't aid, uh, aimed towards us but he's like a big like pusher for those films and he's he's a cool voice actor and stuff but he's he's done loads of films i'm struggling to remember but yeah he is good when he gets a good role so mm-hmm. very good it's nice to see him lead in one for the first time in a while and then secondly we have a trailer for nobody which yeah. i was really surprised by how good this looked like i thought it might just be like a bit of like a a throwaway joke movie but so this yeah. is bob odenkirk everybody knows him as saul from uh the breaking bad universe mm-hmm. he is basically playing a version of john wick yeah. and i think they even referenced that in the poster you know uh, the poster for john wick 2 i think it was yeah where it's john wick in the middle and everyone's like pointing guns and knives around him and stuff it's like that only a load of fists yeah um he plays an ex-auditor uh who is basically like the cleanup crew like assassin type character who's left all that behind he started a family and everything like that but then his past comes back to haunt him um yeah i was not expecting this at all yeah it looks i was i was really surprised by this as well like it looks pretty pretty fun looks like a really fun watch i don't think it's gonna break any barriers down i don't think it's gonna be like the next i don't think it's gonna be the next john wick but bob odenkirk is an awesome actor i really like him and everything that he's in so i think it i think the reason it's gaining so much traction is because it's bob odenkirk like it's a real like heel turn for him mm-hmm. um like you just don't expect him to play this role he always plays sort of like the sleazy lawyer type or like the down on his look dad or something like that doesn't he like this is the guy sort of like 
yeah, he's the dad character, but he's got his shit in order, like he knows what he's doing type thing, and yeah. he's punching and kicking and shooting guns like he's an ex-assassin. Yeah. Seems proper weird. Christopher Lloyd is playing his dad in it, and did you notice who was playing his wife? Uh, I didn't. It was a bit ago I it watched was, it. It was Connie Nielsen who plays Hippolyta from uh, Wonder Woman's Mother. Oh, yeah, okay, that's where I recognised her from. Yeah. Straight away I was like, is that, is that Connie? Is that, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, February 26th um, in the US, I believe, and it's saying UK release date is March 5th. Cool. So a week later. Um, yeah. Well, we've got that well, to look forward to. Um, also, one more bit of news. I'll say it here because it kind of... Um, Wonder Woman is getting a digital release in the UK as well now. That's coming out on the 13th or 16th of january um let me just double check that date um 13th of january yeah and that's going to be coming through sky at the moment so i'm not sure what online services we'll get through maybe now tv because they normally have sky okay um products um but that's for the uk fans if you don't want to risk going to the cinema at the moment you will be able to catch it at home uh just a couple weeks after everybody else sweet say that now so that people People know ahead of time they don't need to wait an extra week until we're talking about Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. And I'm not going to spoil what I'm going to say next episode, but you might you might want to rent this film. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. Shall we talk about Mandalorian? I think we should talk about the Mandalorian. Shall we recap the season so far yes we've spoke about it a lot at detail right but let's just summarize everything before so let's talk about it as a whole right rather than talking about each episode because we've already done that yeah if you've been listening to the podcast we've been talking about the mandalorian every week but what have you thought about season two up until the finale so much better than season one like I really liked season one, but it did feel, it felt a bit small, and I think they were kind of playing it safe with the first season, whereas this season they have just gone balls to the wall with everything, it's not just small corridors and everything, they've gone out and shot on location as well, everything is bigger and better, the story was a lot more engaging, um, and it had more stakes I feel than season one, because after... He sort of saves Groku at like the episode three mark of season one. Like there weren't massive stakes. It didn't feel like until all of a sudden Moff Gideon appeared in the final episode. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was sort of like one and done episodes a little bit in season one, whereas this was obviously a constant narrative throughout. Um, I thought it worked amazingly, uh, and I really need season three right now. Yeah. Um, I think they literally just took every opportunity they could to do everything they wanted in season two. Like, the writer's room just gave them the keys to the palace type thing. Yeah, Um, definitely. And they were just there like, right, which characters do we love? What characters do we like from the legends that isn't canon anymore that we want to reintroduce? Which characters have we made that we want to bring back in like a really cool way and introduce them to a new mainstream audience and stuff like that so i i literally think season two was pretty damn flawless 
Yeah, I agree, and reviews definitely agree. Like, when you look at the IMDb reviews for Season 2, which we spoke about a lot when we've watched the episodes, for example, the one with Ahsoka being introduced in live action was given a 9.5, the one where Boba Fett gets his armour back, 9.3, the Marshal, 9 out of 10, The, the latest episode, Chris, the finale has already had the most IMDb reviews out of the entire season. Wow. Um, To give you an idea, it's had 9,000 more reviews than the one with Ahsoka in it, which is just nuts. And it's given it a 9.9 out of 10. Oh, my God. Right, well, I've got a review here from IGN. Um, They gave it a 10 out of 10 masterpiece, is what they called it. Uh, Season 2 finale brings Star Wars past and future together in a rousing finale. And uh, I'm not going to say what they say because that's a little bit spoilers, uh, but it paves the way for Season 3. Yeah, 100%. how I'm going to reword that for now. (laughs) So, like, to reflect on what you said a little bit about Season 1 versus Season 2, I kind of, yeah, I, I agree. Like, they definitely gave them much more free reign in the second season to kind of say right okay you can bring in these characters uh let's really kind of start to tie the universe together with all the other um you know the animated properties and stuff like Mm -hmm. that set that all up for no doubt what was going to be uh the rangers of the new republic all the new tv shows that we've had had uh you know from the gateway pilots for everything yeah that's it you know the ahsoka one and all that kind of business um all that sort of being set up um but i agree like when you compare it versus season one season one felt like a lot of like let's introduce the new characters and let's focus on the new characters um you know you introduce din Djarin, you introduce um uh, Cara Dune, you've got Baby Yoda, Grogu being introduced into it, you introduce Moff Gideon, uh, you know, you start to build these like smaller stories to just kind of get you to know the characters. And then, and I'm not, I'm not saying this in a bad way, but this is, this could have been a bad thing, depending. If, if you hadn't known about season two of The Mandalorian, right? If I, if you'd never seen an episode of The Mandalorian as a Star Wars fan, and then you hear about the first ever live action TV show, and you hear them introduce all these different characters, like, you know, you're talking Cobb Vanth, you're talking Bo Katan, you're talking Ahsoka Tano, Boba Fett, and more, you would be like, oh, whoa, you know what I mean? You'd be almost a bit like, that's that's a lot. Obviously, yeah. Lucasfilm deliver this incredibly well. Like, for what could have been an absolute just fan service to no end, almost probably a little bit much, potentially taking a lot of risks in reinvent, you know, reintroducing these characters back and also bringing these characters from the animated series to live action you had a lot of risks because people are precious about these characters but they've mm-hmm. they've just delivered it so well i mean obviously we're spoiling all of the mandalorian season two but we're not spoiling the finale yet we'll let you know before we talk about the finale but how they deliver bo katan is awesome how they delivered mm-hmm. Uh, so Katano was awesome. The tease for Boba from episode one 
when you had Cobb Vanth with his armor, and then you get him kind of a return to form for Boba, doing more in two minutes than what he did in the space of two films. Just, <laughs> just awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah, like absolutely. Think... Just, just and and just keep your thought in your head there. But I was chatting to my friend in work who had watched <laughs> the illustrious friend the, in work the that we always friend hear in about. Work <laughs> that is a is a massive Star Wars fan as is well. Is your friend from work just Roos Loomer? <laughs> is that who that is? <laughs> oh, I don't want to bloody spoil it. It's only oh. a year into the podcast. I don't want to. We're bloody... unraveling the mysteries. Anyway, yeah, my best friend Roos Loomer. Uh, who, he's now known as he doesn't even listen to the podcast so it doesn't even matter um, but oh, I forgot where I was going oh yeah we, we were talking about how you know all like, there there is going to be a lot of Star Wars TV like and it's, it's obviously doing the Marvel thing but yeah. I think a lot of Star Wars fans are incredibly excited but also in, like slightly nervous about burnout and not yeah. one. And, we, and last time we had burnout, we had solo, right? But <laughs> and you don't. We don't have to talk about how fans reacted to that at all. We know that. But even if all the new TV seasons are at least the same quality as what we got in the Mandalorian season one, then I, I think it's an incredibly exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. Definitely, I think. I think you put that really well. Like, I was worried after the investor meeting of burnout and oversaturation, but that is like spread out over like the next two years. So, like that, that made me feel okay. Maybe we'll have to wait like a year and a half to two years, maybe between seasons, because there's that many different shows. And I think comparing it to Solo was a good thing. Like, that was like every year we were going to the cinema and we were getting a different Star Wars film. Now after like the rest of like history like we've had to go like four or five years like three to five years for a new star wars film or something like that then disney got the keys and like it was pumping it out like one year after another and they were wavering in quality um that i think is where burnout comes from whereas with this with all these different series you can pick and choose what you watch it's not like essential viewing for you to go to the cinema every time like you do have the opportunity to just be there like, eh, I don't really fancy watching like the the High Republic series that they've announced or something like that. If somebody's like, that's like too deep lore, too deep canon, it's got no ties to anything else that I know, so I'm just going to leave that one out. Like, it, it gives you that opportunity, whereas when we were getting a new film every year, it was essential viewing to stay up to date with Star Wars, and like that's where Burnout came from. And to be clear, um, we're only... We're only um, excitingly uh, apprehensive about all mm-hmm. these shows, only because we want them to all be really good. Yeah, definitely, and it has the potential to be like we've seen the quality of what they can do now, and I think season two did a great job of playing like, like giving us what we want and bringing back like legends and canon and stuff like that. Uh, go deep in diving deep into the lore but still letting this new story be told without it being overshadowed by Ahsoka and Boba and stuff like that and Bo-Katan like they were supporting characters in this narrative mm. um so uh, if they carry on with this healthy balance of like 
bring back the stuff that we'd love but in a new way and we don't let it interrupt with new narratives then i think that'll keep the burnout at bay Mm, i think it i think after this season which has obviously been incredibly good and some of the best star wars that we've probably had um Mm -hmm. it if you would you know if if you told me about the andor cassian andor series um three years ago before me watching this um I would have probably have been like, I'm probably not, I'm not very excited about that at all. Mm-hmm. But after seeing this, and obviously we've seen bits of the concept art and stuff, and just just what Star Wars can do with TV. And let's remember, this is TV. This isn't a film. This isn't some kind of limited series. This is a TV show. TV show streaming service show <laughs> you, you 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 compare this to arrow or the flash you know what i mean it's like you can, <laughs> you, you compare it with any other tv show and it's just it's just, oh, it's just so good yeah. um and also like, yeah like, you'd be comparing this to like a hbo series or something like game of thrones is like what you should be putting this up next to it, and like, let's be honest, it sticks the land in a lot. It though. does, yeah, it does, <laughs> and it and it it does an incredibly good job of getting me so excited for Andor. Um, you know, looking now that Andor's going to have twelve episodes in season one, um, which is awesome, and then you know the Obi Wan Kenobi series being a limited series, which is obviously going to have quite you know you tend to find with your limited series stuff is it is a bit like watching a six hour long film um, and just seeing what they can do, especially in the finale. um, It's just like, I I have to stop thinking about Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to be a thing because I'm just getting so (laughs) impatient for it. What I'm hoping for as well is I hope they, like they keep Jon Favreau and, Dave Filoni in mind with all these new series going forward as well, even if it's just like a consultation role or like uh, like on the writer's board or a producer or something like because they've proven that they can f- like nail the landing, they've proven that they can pay lip service to Legends but also keep it like a self-contained story I mean, and not go into a, uh, too far like they've proven time and time again that these two are like the guys to go for with it yeah we are getting amazing voices coming into it like we've got uh, Taika Waititi coming into the franchise we've got Patty Jenkins coming into the franchise and stuff like that so I'm hoping that like with all these series like they they're learning as they go and I hope like we're not going to get a solo and we're going to get a Mandalorian season one season two yeah and let's face it Anything that John Favreau touches tends to turn to gold, like Elf, like Elf, like Iron Man. Like... <laughs> yeah, like let's let's like not like breeze over that. He started the MCU. If it wasn't for John Favreau, we wouldn't have got Endgame. Well, <laughs> so like, wow. He's, he's he gets slept on by so many people. Yeah. Like when people talk about the best directors and stuff like that. Who has got a legacy like John Favreau for the MCU? Like, mm. in terms of success rates. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Shall we talk about the finale? 
Are we are we even ready to talk about this finale? I don't think I don't think listeners are ready to hear about our thoughts on this finale okay, because right. in fact, you know what, our thoughts are the same as what your thoughts have been, to be pretty honest <laughs> with you. Like okay. if you're even if you even gave this the nine point eight out of ten, then you you're exactly where we, we are. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, it's just so good. Like, what a way to wrap it up and just like also, it it wraps it up into like a nice little package as well, where it kind of it kind of tops it off for where we're up to without going into too too much okay. spoiler. Big big spoilers now, right? Guys? Oh wow, we can't wow, wow. talk we... about we can't talk about the finale really without spoiling anything because but, but we're also not you... we're not going to start at the end of the finale and then work our way backwards, right? Let's not let's not fall into that trap because when, <laughs> when we talk, when we go into spoilers, we normally drop the biggest spoiler yeah, of the yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah. So let's no. not let's not but, go from the end to the beginning. Let's but not... literally, like the episode's amazing. That's all we're going to say if you haven't watched it, like. Go watch it now. Do yourself the favour of not spoiling anything for yourself. Literally going blind. Um, I mean, if you if you're not already if you've not already watched it and you're choosing to listen to this podcast about it, you're probably not that bothered. But do yourself a favour and treat yourself to it before you listen to the rest of the pod. And now we're gonna go and talk about what happens in the actual finale. Um, I really want to talk about that intro bit. The, how it, it's just straight in. It's just straight in with. Um, Let's just jump right into it. As yeah, the um, the where you get Slave One again in space chasing after Imperial Shuttle. I was just like, wow, we're set up for a good episode right now. And yeah, yeah, um, seeing Slave One like a bit like how it is in uh, Attack of the Clones vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, but a real it was menacing as well, like yeah, the way it loomed over the front of the shuttle, and it felt like, um, is it the Tanton Four at the beginning of A New Hope when they're being boarded and stuff like that, and like you can hear stuff going on around outside and stuff, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah, and it reminded me a bit of, um, oh, I, I lost my trail of thought then, um. Yeah, yeah, exactly what you exactly what you said. <laughs> but the the conversation that you have with the shuttle pilot when he gets um Pershing, Pershing. yeah, he gets yeah. Dr. Pershing and he has that conversation with Cara Dune, it touches upon one of the really controversial aspects of Star Wars in the original trilogy of um, you know, the trope of how many innocents died on the Death Star when they got when they got blown up yeah which was a really interesting thing for them to introduce again in the mandalorian to get people thinking about it well um, we've seen it a lot this season of seeing like the point of view of like like the everyday innocent stormtrooper who is just like trying to stay alive in the galaxy under the rule of the empire and stuff like that and like not every planet was left in smoke and ashes during the empire's reign like some of them were just like they were like military states, but they, for all intents and purposes, they were protected. Crime was down and stuff like that. Like, so some people were just innocents that just went on board with it because they were the leading force in the world. And but then, like this episode, we hear that again, and like I sort of like stopped to think. I was like, oh wow, they are really humanizing him. And then like he takes like a bit of a heel turn just there, and he basically reverses that, and he's like. Yeah, well, blowing up Alderaan was just like necessary, wasn't it? And it's like, yeah, 
And Yikes. we finally got an explanation of what that face tattoo was that Cara Dune had as well. Like, it was the teardrop in the rebel symbol for basically everyone that survived Alderaan. Mm. So, where do we go after that? So, it's literally straight into game plan mode and then straight onto. Uh, well, we go get Bo Katan back as well. Oh, who, sorry. Yeah. This... Who still has the gauntlet from Clone Wars as well. Yeah, and to just talk about this scene i this was just such a good boba scene yeah such a good boba scene and and this is like tomorrow really flexing that new personality that boba's got which a lot mm-hmm. of people are a bit like why is he so aggro but i mean if you were a guy who was a bounty hunter and then you got ate by a sarlacc for a bit and then you had to deal with all the stuff he's probably dealt with you probably would be a bit grouchy um, but also like listen to what they're saying to each other as well like they they finally address the fact that like Bo-Katan knows what a clone trooper sounds like and he does have to deal with the fact like he does struggle with the fact that he is a clone although he was like a bit more natural he was being able to be raised by Django like he was still like a clone of his and she instantly just points that out and it's basically like a slap in the face for him mm. um like uh, the fact that they just reference like she was like I've heard your voice a thousand times is like Yep, yep, he was a clone and they did turn on everybody that she cared about. Yeah. Um, uh yeah, that was that was a bit harsh and the fact that like they sort of discredit him just like calling him a disgrace straight away like I, I think he has a right to be a bit aggro. Oh yeah, defo. Also that move that Sasha Banks character does, you know, where she like wraps her legs around and flips him over and stuff like that's one of her special moves when she's wrestling. Yeah, one of her signature moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. finisher this um at this point now it felt like the episode moved so fast oh and when, yeah yeah like to, to talk about that like when when they start when they when they hatch that plan right of um getting onto gideon's ship um and then they get there i'm looking at the time and i'm like there's still like 30 minutes to go or something like that for the for the episode yeah, it was a longer episode as well. It was 47 minutes in total, including credits. Mm-hmm. Um, but it felt like... It didn't feel like a longer episode because it moved at like, such a breakneck pace. Yeah, literally. It was so fast. Uh, yeah, it moved really fast, yet it really slowed down at the end. Yeah, it slowed down, but I think we all just sort of carried that momentum and there was, like... Granted, like the action was slower... But the news and the tidbits and the emotional story beats and stuff were just like they were up there and it helped the momentum like it was like an emotional momentum instead of like a physical momentum yeah so to obviously those that haven't seen uh, it's not a spoiler i know while we were talking about boba fett then it's worth mentioning while we're in spoilers anyway that it gets me really excited for that boba fett spin-off that gets announced in the post credits for this they left that out of the investor meeting didn't they, they? Left that out, didn't they? <laughs> but um you you can kind of see why and it's yeah. it's a bit i mean i don't know where the timeline kind of like went between jeremy bullock passing and the investor meeting i'm pretty certain it was after the investor meeting yeah. but it, it's almost a bit like like i say it's almost like a bit of a weird coincidence of how 
it lines up where that's the one thing that they hold until the end of the the episode, you know? Yeah. Um Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Like just a bit peculiar timing to it all. Yeah. Well I feel I feel like a Boba series was talked about before even a Mandalorian series, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Like a long time ago we heard about this. Um and like it kind of like got like almost silently cancelled like it got just like delayed and they're like oh we're working on it in the background and stuff like that yeah and then it just went silent and then we had boba reappear in this and everybody sort of forgot about the fact that he was ever meant to have his own series mm. um but i'm so glad especially if ming-na wen's character's like gonna stay in it as well and it's like a a bounty hunter like team up between the two yeah it'd be cool to I'm see like excited. just literally boba fett esque villains from like comic series and stuff would be cool yeah and like bring back like some of the bounty hunters that we know he's engaged with into like the live bro. actions as well bro it's like we what? talked about it last week as a joke didn't we but what if he met up with like bosk again um... yeah dengar fucking uh bring in um cad bane and stuff like that into live action yeah, it'd be so good. Plus, uh, he just looks IG eighty eight and stuff. Plus, I, I, you know, Din Djarin looks awesome. The man, the Mandalorian looks awesome. Mm-hmm. But the Boba Fett armor just looks so good now. Like, I think the black robes really kind of complement it now with this new yeah. look and just this kind of like I was, um, I was saying to um, Bruce Loomer in work, that <laughs> he's he, he kind of leans into that. Uh, is it Mau, Maui, Maori? Yeah, Maori, yeah, Maori, uh, bouncer kind of stereotype a little bit with like how he kind of composes himself a bit now as Boba Fett. He kind of like leans into that, um, yeah. We you know. we spoke about that with like that for uh, like that episode where he comes back and we see him fighting and everything like that. Like his fighting style leans more into that. Like his attitude, like even the facial expressions that he was pulling was like classic sort of like uh, Polynesian and uh, Maori like fighting styles and stuff like that. Yeah, I heard he could be appearing in either the Obi Wan Kenobi limited series or he could be appearing in the Ahsoka Tano series as. Um, you know, Rex. either himself Rex. or potentially a, a clone that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I could imagine maybe like a Commander Cody in in the Obi Wan series, and then maybe like a Rex or something in the Ahsoka series. Yeah, um, de aging. I haven't finished Rebels yet, so I don't know who which of the clones make it out of Rebels. Uh, I can't really remember either, to be honest with you. So um, you've, you've got that as a surprise because I can't, but, I can't tell you. But like, you've got. Like the relationship between like Ahsoka and the clone troopers and stuff like that, and we see that again in Rebels. So if the Ahsoka series is taking place where we think it is, like like during the Mandalorian's time period where she's hunting down Thrawn and stuff like that, maybe like following on whoever makes it out of Rebels could would team up. Mm-hmm. You still got all that to find out. It's so weird, and it would give him more time without the helmet because I don't imagine Boba Fett's going to take his helmet off much. No. No, probably not. Because um, he he basically like came from what went on to like become the Death Watch and stuff, didn't he? So mm, like mm. they were all like hardcore Mandalorians, weren't they? Yeah. 
Uh, let's move it on a bit. So let's, you know, you get them fighting on the ship and all that. That's all pretty cool action action stuff. Um, and you get the dark troopers deployed. Um, wow. Terminator 2 style pry open that fucking door. It's interesting because you, you're seeing the droids in here, which you tend to just see, you don't really see powerful droids in the movies really like mm-hmm. that. You tend to see them in like video games. Uh, and it kind of reminded me of like, you know, the elites you'd normally face in video games where it's like, oh, right, you're going to have to do this or you've got to take them out in like a particular way. Yeah, a bit yeah, like yeah. Uh, this Imperial security droids in Fallen Order. It's like kind of had that vibe about it. Um, yeah. And yeah, just the bit where it's slamming it, <laughs> slamming that Mandalorian helmet into the wall, just pfft. Yeah, Powerful. I was watching. I was like, "His helmet's not gonna cave in." Like, and then it just starts digging into the wall. I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah, <laughs> brutal stuff. But, oh, the way it looked when he like burnt it with the flamethrower, and the flames were just coming up through it, and it was not phased in the slightest. So I was like, "That is some mega Terminator fucking demonic vibes there." Yeah, literally. And so good. I liked how the Beskar spear was set up like as the you know they mm-hmm. say oh oh it's pure Beskar and then it's um then they mention the oh the only thing that the dark saber you can put up against the dark saber is pure Beskar and it's like hmm I wonder why mm. and you know it kind of links it all up together but so do you want to talk about that first confrontation with Moff Gideon then yeah the I like troopers. how he I like how he faked out because I thought for a second, I thought we were going to get that again, that weird kind of, the Empire, you can kind of reason with them. And I was a bit like, that's a bit odd. And then he he, he obviously goes full bad guy then and tries to uh, take out Din. Yeah, I think, I think like, Jin showed his hand too quickly by being like, I don't give a fuck about the Darksaber. And I think that's what, like, Moff Gideon sort of like switched and then in his head it was like, he really just wants the kid and I'm kind of done with the kid now. Like, And then as soon as he turned his back, he was like, I can attack him and I can either kill him and the kid or if I fail and he takes the Darksaber, then I've fucked over Bo-Katan either way. Um, like he said, like just assume that I know everything already. Like He's so, so smart that like he could have in that moment been there just like, it's a win-win for me either way. Like I still win over somebody in the end of this and yeah. I'll be able to escape because the dark troopers are going to come back because they just got sucked into outer space you're not getting rid of them that easy yeah he's like one step ahead in his thinking isn't he yeah um, that fight scene was so cool and did you notice as well like we saw when Ahsoka fought against um, I can't remember how they called her but you know the woman who was in charge of the town during Ahsoka's episode um, oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember what they called her in the village. Um, but when she fought with the lightsabers, like the Beskar uh, spear or anything didn't like react to it. Like it just, it was fine. It just held it off like another lightsaber. But when he was fighting against the dark saber, because it's like, it's like a proper blade, isn't it? And it's like, it's meant to be more powerful and everything like that. When he held it against it, it started to like superheat the metal and stuff like that. Yeah, um, it was cool. Yeah, it showed that like it was stronger than like a lightsaber, which was pretty cool. Pretty awesome. Ooh. 
And, to, and then we then talk we get about the when bridge. they get to the bridge. <laughs> the bridge happens. That's a thing. And then something else happens at the bridge, Chris, doesn't it? Oh no, 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 no nothing else happens. I, I think the rest of the episode was kind of boring. After that, nothing else happened. Uh, oh. We can just move on. All right, yeah. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check us uh, out on yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, no, there's the whole thing. By the way, first before we get on to that thing that we're alluding to, where it has that whole fake out with the dark saber thing, where it's like you're gonna have to fight Din to get the dark saber because mm. you beat me. And I thought, I'm not going to lie, that bit felt a bit shoehorned in. And it was a bit like, oh, what? It was a bit like Giancarlo was like, right, let me just remind you all about that thing from the Clone Wars and Rebels. (laughs) It's like, yeah, okay, great. But I I get it. It was cool that they linked it in. And it was a cool fake out when it didn't happen. But I was a bit like, all right, yeah, story time. I think that was the biggest setup for season three. Defo. Yeah, I agree. So, so let's talk about this now. Like, yeah, they are bringing it back from Clone Wars, but in Rebels, like Sabine just finds it and gives it to Bo-Katan, and that's how Bo-Katan like gets it and gets back Mandalore in Rebels, isn't it? Think so. so in between Rebels and now, she has lost that dark saber to Gideon. And we're going to guess it's probably through some sort of combat or something. Like, she's been outsmarted by him. And she's ended up losing it. So, like, before that, like, she just took the Darksaber off Sabine. And she really didn't, like, sort of, like, care about the rule of you need to win it in combat type thing. But I think the fact that she was bested by Gideon, now she's not just willing to accept it back. Like, when Jim was like, right, okay, we're fighting. I yield. Take it. Like, I think she now has, like, realised that it is it is the narrative behind it and it is the power that the story and the power that the duel brings. Like, she needs to earn it back. Like, she wanted the fight with Gideon or she wanted to outsmart Gideon herself to get it back. But when Jin just came in with it, then she was like, for fuck's sake, like, I've not earned this so I can't take it off you in any way. I can't even, like, fake the fight and let you... So I reckon season three is going to be a conflict between him and Bo almost. In all intents and purposes now, like, Din Djarin is the ruler of Mandalore and it leaves the conflict for season three now to between those two and either resolving that or Jin, like, being the pseudo-ruler of Mandalore while Bo-Katan sort of, like, doing something or is that going to spiral out into, like, a new war for Mandalore? Hmm. Maybe that's where we go to. Maybe because there, there was all this thing about how, oh yeah, Mandalore was destroyed, and then it's like, no, it's not. It's not destroyed. So maybe that's where it takes us next. Because he's not got anything else to be doing, has he? So no. he's probably going to Mandalore. Run... Mandalore like isn't the actual homeworld of the Mandalorians, really, is it? Like that was like the secondary one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like Bo-Katan, I think, said in an earlier episode that Mandalore is the people, really. Um, it so. might, um, yeah, it might then maybe season three will delve into a hit more of like hit him and Death Watch, and maybe he'll like try and explore that now a little bit and find out. Wait, hang on, you you've said about Death Watch, and what does that mean? Because he didn't really kind of, he didn't really have the chance to kind of explore that because you were moving at such a fast speed for 
where the Mandalorian was going. Um, yeah, because that is like the biggest thing that like season two set up and changed so much was like you've got Death Watch, which Bo-Katan used to be part of, and she created the Night Hours because she didn't agree with Death Watch. Like mm-hmm. they were sort of like zealots, and like this season has been about Jin like figuring out what's important to him and like which laws of the Mandalore to follow and stuff like that. Yeah. So now we've got him like willing to just take his helmet off in front of anybody now. Like he's like given up on that oath, but he still considers himself a Mandalorian. So which side of the fence is he going to fall on now? Like the Death Watch that raised him since he was younger and who he has a duty to like helping their foundlings and stuff. Or is he going to try and rebuild a unified Mandalore with the Night Owls and the Mandalorian people? So do you want to talk about mm. that bit? oh that moment oh you mean you mean when just one random x-wing comes to save the day and we're all like one x-wing <laughs> hold on a minute. one x-wing did you know Wait. did you know straight away when you saw that x-wing i was in denial for so long <laughs> like i was messaging richard about this and i was literally i was like one x-wing i was like wait one x-wing and i was like I was like, this is either going to be like some sort of fake out or it's like Dave Filoni's character's come back or something. Well, like yeah. There's going to be more ships come. And then when we see a Jedi and I was like, there's no way Ahsoka's got her hands on an X-Wing. And then when it only had one lightsaber, I was like, okay. And then I see green lightsaber, I was like, okay, but no, no, it can't be. No, no. And then you see like one gloved hand and I was like, no, n- no, 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 it's not. And then, like, you see the lightsaber hill, and I was like, they actually, they've actually done it. They actually <laughs> went there. <laughs> and then, like, that moment when, like, the hood comes down, I was like, jeez, ah! what an absolute ballsy move to do. Like, it, it was Luke, It was everyone. a journey. It was Luke. He appeared. He was there. <laughs> he answered the call that Grogu put out. right. We said, like, when we were talking about that episode, we were like, Luke is out there, but they're not going to... Like, I don't think anybody seriously believed that Luke was going to be the one to answer the call. Like, like I think most of us thought that Ahsoka, Ezra, or... um, What was his name from Fallen Order? Cass- Cal Kestis. Cal Kestis. Like, we thought those three were more likely than a fully CGI de-aged Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I mean I wasn't I wasn't expecting to see one of the most powerful Jedi. I was I, like I was really like thinking to myself I'll be like oh it'd be really cool to introduce Cal. I was like put him in something cuz they alluded to him finding younger Jedi. It was after order 66. He could be a bit older now. Wouldn't it be a cool tie-in because he could kind of be the Jedi for the Mandalorian without having to worry about Ahsoka? But you know what? Like, considering I thought Luke was going to be such an extreme move, and I thought if they're going to do it, it's going to people are really going to be divided if they put Luke in. Wow, I, I you know, <laughs> just I just could not believe it. And also, we got to see peak luke that we have not seen on screen we got to see luke absolutely shredding like this was like this was peak luke like and it echoed the darth vader fight scene from the end of 
uh, Rogue One so much as well. Like even when like the first shot of them, like as the elevator doors open and he stood there in like the fog. Oh, it was it was fantastic just to see him able to go absolutely ham on all these droids. Yeah, he was super powerful. Like so powerful. Like not only like with how he was using the lightsaber, but how he was using like the force, how he crushed that droid. Yeah. We just... see him willing to like do like that. Like that was normally like a dark side thing, but he never really knew that that was like a dark side thing because they weren't taught like, oh, only Jedi's use these powers, only Sith use these powers. Like he's like, this is how I can achieve my goal, and this is how I can do the right thing in the end. Also, it's only a droid. Like so, he's just there. Like, yeah, I'm gonna crush this bitch. Yeah, I'm gonna toss this one across the room, slice them all in half and stuff. Mm. Like, it was such like an echo of his father from the end of Rogue One. So, oh. Yeah so sick and it's um it's interesting that they used luke because now this opens up a can of worms for oh well grogu's now going to be with luke which means that was grogu at the temple that's in the sequel mm. trilogy where he, tra- he trains kylo and like was he there I, when the temple was set on fire and his younglings were killed? I think maybe by then Grogu might have left. So an interesting theory I heard on the uh, the Blue Harvest podcast, were, which which I've kept in my mind for for now because I wanted to get your opinion on it as well. So an interesting take on this is that Grogu, obviously with how his species ages, by the time that Luke's kind of like an older man the Grogu would probably be at the point where he's like a young Yoda, like, you know, kind of in his prime years then. Yeah. So that would be interesting because I wonder if um, they would kind of be working in tandem in terms of that Jedi temple. So, like, Grogu would become, like, the new Yoda figure, but a bit younger. Um, yeah, I, I've heard the same thing, and I, I, I thought about some of the thing like, because, like we said, like his species age on like an S curve, don't they? And we thought like all this, like being so hungry and eating a lot and stuff, was sort of like he was getting ready for a big growth spurt. So yeah, assume, like mental maturity as well. Then, but the the theory that I heard was that when it comes to Luke, you know how he uh, suspects of Kylo, mm-hmm. that maybe it could be like he would have had to have reason to be suspecting of him, right? Which yeah. kind of comes out a little bit out of nowhere, I guess, because of um, how how the sequel trilogy tries to explain how it happened. But the actual thing, the the theory is, is what if Grogu was the one who sensed it in Kylo and then told Luke and was like, Possibly. "Yo, I'm out of here because he he's fallen," and then maybe that then triggers Luke to go and do and then the action, you know, the yeah the 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 whatever happens happens then in the sequel trilogy but yeah yeah it was an interesting little theory if you were to tie it in now because you could tie something like that in yeah whether i've, I've seen plenty yeah. of jokes online just like they'll inevitably make a fourth part to the skywalker saga and it'll be following sky uh, sky we'll be following uh ray later on um and you'll see Grogu at the head of the New Republic Jedi <laughs> Order or something. Yeah. <laughs> or what if Grogu was one of the fallen Jedi with Kylo? 
Oh my god. He was one of the Knights of Ren. <laughs> he was on stilts the whole time. He was on stilts the whole tall. time. <laughs> Why couldn't we see it? It was a Marvel crossover. He was stilt man all along. Oh, how could we have not seen it coming? Anyway, I think that, I think that kind of wraps us up for The Mandalorian. Yeah, it What was would you wicked. give the final episode out of 10? Uh, I'd, I'd give it a... Well, hang on. I can't give it a rating without talking about the Luke. The Luke... Uh, recreation the cgi right yeah now now again as we said right at the beginning of this i do want to stress this is a tv show this is not the film so when you look at things like tarkin and you look at things like the young layer and you look at things like um luke in uh the rise of skywalker where you see him for a second you look at all that, and then you watch this, and you may, you, you know, you, you may rightfully be like, it looks a little bit odd. It looks a bit like a deep fake. Probably, yeah, because it's on a TV budget rather than a film budget. But yeah. you know what? You've got to remember that is Mark Hamill that they've actually used. They've de-aged Mark Hamill. And you mm-hmm. had an amazing comparison in our group chat between, was it Kurt Russell? Uh, yeah, uh, no, uh, Jeff Bridges Joe, from yeah, Jeff Tron Brid- Legacy 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah, a, a, an amazing comparison. Um, but yeah, I, I did think he looked weird, but you know what? Because of everything going on in the moment, when you look at still images, it looks flawless. When mm-hmm. you watch it in person, it looks a little bit... I didn't hear the audio glitches that Richard said said he heard, but I did I did, I did. Th- like see things that looked a little bit odd like when his the face tilted down. The thing that they struggle with is the mouth. They still can't figure out the muscles around the mouth when people speak and that's the only bit that I saw was sort of like a bit with the top lip and like the chin a little bit. But they were so like like blinking you'll miss it that you can't discredit like how amazing that looked. Like I sent you a screenshot of just like I think it was, like, somebody officially had tweeted it out. Like, from a 4K stream of it, like, it looked phenomenal. Like, a still image, it looked like you just took a photo of Mark Hamill in the 80s. Yeah, literally. That that image, it's, it's yeah. Just, it's just, like, bits around the mouth. And, like, like you said, like, compared to Tarkin, he was so much better than Tarkin. Like, Tarkin was good, but he was well, mostly hidden well, in I, shadow. When I said that, I was suggesting that perhaps Tarkin was a little bit better in, like, the I mo- don't think so, because not, the mouth no, was no, worse, no, I, I don't. I don't think, like... I don't... It was better and worse in different ways. I think mm. as, like, kind of a visual of watching the movements and stuff, I think Tarkin's movements was better in, like, generally with the head in the face. But I think the... The act, if you was to pause um, Luke in a particular point, he looks spot on. Yeah. Um, I think that the, the you know they're both good in their own respects. And well, to be honest I, with you, it didn't take me say... too far out of what I was watching. And that's the important thing. The important thing is is that I was more invested in what was going on in the story with that moment between the de-helmeted J- uh, Din uh, and Grogu. And yeah. seeing Pedro Pascal really stretch his, uh, his acting chops by not we saying anything at all. We didn't even talk about that. No. Was I the only one crying at that? <laughs> no, it, it, was, it was heavy. It was heavy, man. And, like, 
the thing that's important is when that episode finished and then I sent you guys that video clip of me being like, no spoilers, because I put it on a video because I thought I don't want to mm-hmm. type anything in case everyone thinks it's a spoiler. They could choose not to play it in the group chat. Um, and I'd, I'd like literally at the end of it, like I know I was joking, but I like literally choked up a bit because I was like, that was just so intense. Yeah. And you know what? I, I sit here now and I kind of say maybe it could have been better, but that's me being like, that's me putting my hype. I'm a hypercritic hat on and being like, I'm talking about this because I'm reviewing it. But yeah. as a Star Wars fan, when I watched that, that was literally perfection. R two D two coming in was just <laughs> perfection. It was, you know what? It's what everybody wanted from the sequel trilogy. They they heard you. And this was their opportunity to say, look, we've heard you. We know Luke wasn't everything you wanted him to be in the sequel trilogy. Here he is. Yeah. Boom. Uh, literally, like, we got the peak performance, Luke. Um, like, it, it it was, like, not 100%, but, like, it was better than some versions of de-aging that we've had. It wasn't quite as good as other versions. Like you said, like, I think... Like, you can see the difference. Like, the scene from Rise of Skywalker, we had, we had the DH version. The DH version of Luke in the helmet looked pretty damn good. But then the DH version of Leia looked like a PlayStation 2 graphic. And that was in the same scene in the, in the same film. Whereas this, just like, I think the biggest problem for people is the fact that we know what he looks like now. So you've got in your head that it can't be real. And I think that makes it look less real for people. Um, but he can't overshadow the like like you said the emotional arc of that final scene was like like Jin taking his helmet off in front of everybody and you finally got like that moment which again echoed Luke and his father from the end of Return of the Jedi where he wants to look on him with his own eyes like for the like the only time essentially so this is the first time that he has ever had his helmet off, not looking through like the thermal optics or anything like that inside his helmet, looking on Grogu. And it's the first time Grogu's ever seen his face. Mm. It's like the last thing he'll remember is he leaves is seeing Jinjarin's face for the first time and seeing like this new father figure for him. Yeah. And just and that makes the part in so much more like heartbreaking, like knowing that like it's for the best reasons, but it's gonna be a while before he sees that face ever again. Yeah, and like I say, what a way to kind of wrap it up and put a nice little neat bow on the top of the, not just season two, but season one as well as a whole. Like, these two seasons is like one journey. Yeah, it kind of, like, resets The Mandalorian for season three. Yeah, which is probably the best thing they could have possibly done with it. Yeah, I think... It will do him the world of good for like them not having to worry about the kid for an entire season. Like Jinjar and I'll be able to go and do other big stories without constantly having to worry about Grogu. Um, and then maybe in season four or season five, once because we know they're going up to like at least a season five. Um, we know that. Like when he returns, it'll be so much stronger. It'll be a more impactful character. Like Grogu won't be passive anymore. He'll be an active character, and Jim will have grown along as well. So it it might do him good to like have a season with maybe those two not interacting all that much. Shall we talk about the post credit scene for a sec then? Yes, we talked about it briefly, but Boba be back, baby. <laughs> Bib Fortuna. 
Did you know who was playing fat. Big Fortuna? No, I didn't know who was playing. Our it. man, Matthew Wood. Matthew's Woods? Yeah, uh, Grievous's voice. That was Matthew Wood. Playing, oh, nice. Uh, playing Bib Fortuna. Which was I interesting. I did not realise. Yeah. Did you hear all the references? The uh, McClunky. I heard the McClunky. Uh, yeah. uh, people are thinking that that's now a new uh, swear word in... In the Star Wars universe, people think that's like a swear word. Yeah, he was like, Weequay, McClunky. <laughs> yeah, we also had one of the uh, dancers that Boba Fett was flirting with in uh, Return of the Jedi was in there as well. Yes, that's um, a good point, yeah. Yeah, like, that was so cool that, that he's gone back there to, like, take his seat on the throne. It's just there, like, I've got my armor back now. I am who I'm meant to be. I'm taking this universe by storm now. Like, yeah, I I've like, been through enough shit. I've been through a Sarlacc pit and back. Like, yeah, I um, like how uh, Bib Fortuna had, had a, a few too many space pies and <laughs> the... he's living that uh, Jabba the Hutt lifestyle now, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so cool. Um, the thing is, though, if he like got super fat, then he would look like Jabba the Hutt, but with a human's body attached to it because of that yeah. tail that he's got. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> um, we like imagine like Boba Fett with like a little tiny like humanoid body hanging under the bottom of it. <laughs> um, we we have spoke about our thoughts for the uh, the Boba Fett sequel, uh, the Boba Fett TV series. Sorry, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, um, what a what a good little little nod and a little bit of an after credits thing. Uh, a lot of people probably it. no, and a lot of people probably would have switched off. I mean, they might have wondered why there was no concept art at the end, but... Um... Well, that's what cl- uh, like clues me up. I was like, why is there no concept art? And I was like, why is there now seven minutes of credits? Yeah, yeah. I was cause... like, you normally get, like, barely get seven minutes if it's, like, Avengers Endgame. And I was like, hmm. So yeah, I just sort true. of, like, hovered my mouse over, like, the bar and I saw Jabba's Palace. I was like... There's a fucking punch. Well, thankfully, I was already tipped off to wait through the credits. I was like, okay, cool. I'll make sure I don't miss it. So, thankfully, I wouldn't have uh, switched off. But yeah, what? A... Yeah, no. Chris missed it in our group chat. He was like, he was like, oh yeah, I've seen like the end. I was like, did you see the end? End? And he was like, is there something after the credits? I was like, go back and watch it, right bro. Now. You need to go back. <laughs> right awesome um i think that wraps us up right i think that does wrap us up i think it wraps us up into a nice little awesome, uh, guys tidy bow um merry christmas merry christmas. the next episode you're gonna get will be after christmas so oh, merry yeah. christmas if you've listened this far thank you so much have a great year hope you get everything you wanted for christmas also don't forget to send love to everybody that you can't be with this year yeah, and uh, Merry Christmas from me too. Uh, we'll catch you next week when we chat all about uh, Wonder Woman 1984. But yeah. to leave you off, make sure you check us out Facebook, Instagram, Twitter uh, at Get Real Pod. And also, you can drop us an email, getrealpoduk at gmail.com if you'd like to. You can drop to us well. an email. Don't use our email to sign up to shit. Yeah, <laughs> and please don't do that now that Chris has planted the seed. <laughs> I'm just my phone's blowing up more from these spammy emails than anything else at the moment. 
Hate it. Absolutely hate it. I'm laughing, but I hate it. Anyway, uh, Chris, how can people support us as well? Best way to support the podcast is to leave us a rate and review on whatever platform you listen to us on. Head over to Podchaser if you want to leave us a rate and review on there because it will syndicate it to all the other podcast distributors. Um, don't forget to follow us on Spotify. Uh, if you want, just put us on loop on Spotify at three times speed. That would be great. Thanks. Um, <laughs> uh, whenever we share out an Instagram post, don't forget to share it with a friend. Share this podcast. You know what? As a little gift to one of your mates this Christmas, just send him a link to the podcast. That could be your birthday present. No, oh, birthday present. Christmas present. <laughs> Maybe your birthday's on Christmas Day. Could be a Merry New Year In which case, I present. feel sorry for you. Yeah, Merry, Merry New, New Year. Year. <laughs> uh, coming to America's 2 is coming out soon. Um, uh, yeah, don't forget to check out the Get Real Gaming Boys over on their podcast as well. They'll be talking everything about the controversy with Cyberpunk this week. Um, I don't know if they're doing anything Christmassy themed other than that. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening, guys. Have a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you guys just before the new year. See you later. One year anniversary? One whole year? <laughs> We're done a year? Bye for now. <laughs>